0: You're listening to the Magic Our Way podcast with Kevin, Danny, Eli, and Lee. Oh, I love the way their foul little minds work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jumbo, everyone. Harambe.
1: And welcome to another edition of...
0: The Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. Magic Our Way. The Magic Our Way
2: Podcast. They are truly magical and whatnot.
1: Santé, Santa! Everyone, you're listening to the Magic Away podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, and on this show, we invite you to feel the libations. Feel it, feel it. We are artistic buffs talking about dizzy stuff, and this is a show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicAway.com is where you can find us. For this episode, we present our 2022 Halloween show. And look, this isn't your typical polished, practiced pixie dust and dizzy podcast, no sir. We are not in the parks every day trying to tell you where the best place is to catch a picture of the Headless
2: Horseman during the Booty You Parade. That's right, Kev. We're here to drink, talk some Disney, and get spooky with it. That's right. So oogity-boogity, here comes another episode.
1: Boogity-boogity, my name is Kevin. And I'm Danny.
0: I'm Eli. And Lee. And this is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Book your next trip with me and you'll see things you've never seen.
1: Mmm. Oh, yo, boy. Well executed. It's hot,
0: hot, hot, Well hot.
1: executed. Man, I like it, man. So, look, enough of our wrapping. Let's get our Halloween on. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are on the hub, uh, our main topic segment of the show. And as I said in the beginning, we present our 2022 Halloween show. Wow. Yes, presenting this show is our very own Danny. Yes. Danny, the master of all that is Halloween in his house and the haunted mansion and things that go bump in the night.
2: <laughs> I don't know about master of Halloween, but I am master of my domain. You're master of patience. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, um, that'll probably be the last spooky sound effect you hear from us, unless Kevin just decides to go rogue. There you go. Oh, thank you. Um, So as uh, Kevin just alluded to, and I'm sure a lot of you know, Halloween is my favorite holiday. And I'm kind of a sucker, if you will, for special Halloween episodes of our favorite TV programs during this time of year. So every year, time permitting, we've always tried to put together a Halloween-themed episode of the Magic Our Way podcast. Well, I think we missed last year, and Kevin had to rerun like an older... Thing that we did. Is that about right? I think so, yeah. yeah, think, just, yeah. This time of happens. year always gets busy. It always seems to sneak up on us, unfortunately. Like a ghost. Yes. <laughs> but this year I kind of had something definite in mind and I wanted to go ahead and, and get this out there because in a conversation with Kirk Landry, uh, I realized he didn't even know anything about this and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of something. People should know about this thing. So this year's topic is going to be about a lesser known symbol of, of Halloween, that first appeared in Disneyland in 2007 on Halloween night and oh. has since made its return every year forward. Since? Yes. Do 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 we know about this? Yes. You, you probably know about this thing. Okay. But you probably don't even realize it's at Disneyland because mm. you can only really see it during Halloween time at the park. So that encompasses, like, what, two months? It's kind of like the Great Pumpkin, then. Yeah, and, and most people just walk right by it and, and they just assume that, It's part of the yearly decorations, but it's not. Hmm. If you look closely, you'll see that there is a tree in Frontierland that is decked out with glowing red and orange lights. And this tree has dozens of miniature pumpkins hanging from its branches, each with a hand-drawn face. And at the base of the tree is a plaque commemorating the night of its dedication. Does this
1: ring a bell at all? Mm, No, absolutely. Nothing? I I don't know. Lee? uh...
0: Well, since I've only been to Disneyland one time and it wasn't during Halloween, Mm. this is all news to me.
2: Okay, but I mean, there might be something else about this that would make you understand what this tree is supposed to represent. But let me put it to you like this. This tree exists in Disneyland to celebrate four things, all surrounding the exact same person and his intentions. I'm intrigued. It exists to celebrate one of the most renowned writers of the 20th century. To honor someone who was a close personal friend of Walt Disney himself. To commemorate this writer's attempt at celebrating his favorite holiday by creating the quintessential Halloween animated television special. And lastly, and most importantly, to recognize his dream of having his symbol for Halloween become a permanent addition to Disneyland. Stephen King. All right. (laughs) Not not too bad. That was a good guess. And... Let, let me give it to you like this. Don't think horror, think science fiction.
0: Science. Oh, is it Ray Bradbury? Ray Bradbury. Whoa! Oh.
2: This is the story of Ray Bradbury and the Halloween Tree. I like Ray Bradbury.
3: Yeah, yeah. maybe used to have a TV show way back when. It's yeah. Good.
2: So, do y'all know about the Halloween Tree? I've never heard of
1: the Halloween Tree. You've never know. heard of the Halloween no. Tree. No. Lee? No, oh, not this at is going to be scary. interesting. I've heard yeah. of Ray I, Bradbury. I've never heard of it. Yeah, Bradbury, yeah. yes. Bradbury, no.
2: So for those of you who don't know who Ray Bradbury is, I imagine most of you do. But uh, for those who don't, he's probably one of the greatest science fiction authors ever, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the novel he's most well known for, obviously, is Fahrenheit 451 or 451. I don't know how you say it. I mean, I, yeah. it was required we read in high school. Yeah, yeah, it was required reading in high school. I remember that. Uh, but what some people may not know is just how big of a Disney fan Ray Bradbury was. Hmm. And to really understand the story of the Halloween tree and how it ended up in Disneyland, it's kind of crucial that you comprehend the long history of uh, collaboration that existed between Ray and and, and Walt and then Disney beyond when Walt passed away to just exactly to understand how the Halloween tree ended up there. So let's start with Ray's childhood. Ray grew up in about the 20s. Okay, and Ray was grew up a huge fan of Disney's The Skeleton Dance,
1: yeah, and the yeah. Old
2: Mill, and as he got older, he got into the classic Disney films. However, it, it was when he got to be a young man, he was selling newspapers on the street corner, and Fantasia opened up, and he went and saw it by himself, and he experienced what he called the greatest day of his life when he saw Fantasia. Wow! Yes. He declared mm. it the greatest film ever made and spent the next few weeks saving up all the money he could from his papers so he could go ahead and buy tickets for all of his friends to come and see it. Nice. And when he, the friends came to see it, instead of watching the film, he had one eye on the film and one eye on the friends. Because in his mind, if any one of them made a face, they didn't seem to like it, they looked like they were having a bad time, <laughs> end of the friendship. That's what? it. Cut them off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Which I can understand that. Like, wouldn't you? Like, if you were hanging around with somebody like, you know, oh, man, Jaws. Was a- yeah, I don't like Jaws. Like, I can't take serious anything you say after that anymore. You've got no taste. <laughs> like, you but, tell me it's not your favorite movie, but don't tell me, yeah, that. Mm, that's you just like the sun. Right.
1: No class.
2: Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying, though, that
3: has to be a level of communication that needs to be
1: Oh, you think you should there. have felt like, "Hey, this is a test of our friendship."
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did buy the tickets for them. Yes, you know, expect some reciprocation.
2: Yeah, but he was reading faces, though, so that means,
0: but he's it he he was like hide it.
2: it. It was like a litmus test for his friends. Like y'all are either cool enough to like this, or I don't have no time for you. Damn, <laughs> snap! If he could snap, he would snap. You out of here. So fast forward to 1963. Now Ray an accomplished author. Fahrenheit 451 is has been out what about 10 years at this point Mm -hmm. um one day in december he's out christmas shopping and he spots a gentleman whose arms are just loaded up with christmas presents and he gets closer and he takes a peek and he's trying to see through the presents to see the face and it turns out to be none other than walt disney oh wow (laughs) so ray rushes over and says mr disney i'm ray bradbury i love your films and walt turns looks at him and says ray bradbury I love your books <laughs> 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 and with that a conversation ensued and Ray says look dude I would love to take you to lunch sometime Walt said how's tomorrow at my office Ray's jumped at the chance so the next day the two met up had soup and sandwiches on an old card table <laughs> and Ray just sat there and told Walt about how much he loved Disneyland and as the Lunch wore on. Soon the conversation turned to the World's Fair, which they were both working on at the time. Walt obviously was doing all his projects, Mr. Lincoln and um, Carousel and all that. But Ray was working on the the United States Pavilion for the fair. And they're starting to commiserate about what a waste it's all going to be when the World's Fair comes to an end and all these wonderful pavilions and exhibitions all get torn down. And that's when Ray says that Walt turned to him and said, you know, nothing has to die. And wait, Walt, wait. Is Walt told him that, or Ray yeah, told Yeah, Walt was, told Ray nothing has to die. Interesting. And then Walt began to explain to Ray his idea for a grand world's fair to be built in Florida, one that would grow and change with the times, updated constantly but never die. Hmm. And if you remember, right around this time, sixty-three, that's when they were trying to figure out because sixty-three, the day Kennedy was shot and killed, Walt Disney was in New Orleans refueling as they were looking for spots for Disney World. Right. So this Ray's recollection r- lines up perfectly that Walt was already having ideas for what Epcot was going to be. Hmm. So prior, I mean, before this, we're all thinking that, yeah, they just threw a World's Fair in together with a World Showcase, and that was the end of it. No, this idea of a permanent World's Fair was already kind of in Walt's head. I thought that was fascinating. That is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So oh, from there, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I wonder how well they're living up to that. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that could be a whole new, different show altogether. Yeah. But uh, that's really neat that they had those ideas back then, and they had that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I just remember our interview with Rolly and how they just dismantled his tower of the four winds and yeah. stuff. And just threw they, it. In, yeah, yeah. Just threw it in the Walt Ocean. Right? right. I wish they could have moved it along with his ideas. I thought that would have been great. I think so too. But Unless. it didn't work
2: out. No, it didn't. <laughs> but you, you saw Walt wasn't kidding. He took all the stuff that he could, bringing it all back to Disneyland. We're not letting any of this stuff get destroyed. Yeah, I don't care where you put it. Just put it somewhere for that. Make it work. Make it work. So from there, Walt proceeded to give Ray a a personal tour of the studios, and he met with the Imagineers, and even got to meet the animatronic Mr. Lincoln and ride a people-mover prototype before they were ever unveiled at the fair. And finally, they get back to the office, and the the secretary is kind of mad because she had told Ray they needed to be back in an hour. Like He only had an hour with, with Walt, and Walt just... (laughs) <laughs> went nuts, mm-hmm. and so secretary was pretty bad, and she was like, "It was him. I had nothing to do it. I told him <laughs> it was time to leave. It was him." But so it was during this time that Ray also kind of had an exchange with Walt that led to one of Walt's more famous quotes, because as they had become friends, Ray kind of witnessed the blueprinting and um, the laying of the foundation for Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, everything like that. And he remarked to Walt, look, you know, Los Angeles really needs a creative mayor like you. And Walt replied back, why would I be mayor of Los Angeles when I'm already king of Disneyland? Hey! I like hey. it. Yeah. That's kind of a quote that's been attributed to Disney, uh, Walt Disney, and I had no idea that it actually came from a conversation with Ray. But um, in 1965, Ray did ask to officially go to work for Walt, because they were doing an overhaul of T- uh, Tomorrowland at the time, but Walt turned them down flat. He said, Ray, you're a genius, and I'm a genius. After two weeks, we'd kill each other. <laughs> <And> Ray- <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> and Ray said it was the nicest turndown he had ever gotten.
0: <laughs> oh, man, but imagine, though, if he would have been involved with that. That would be amazing.
2: Well, he was involved, and in we'll get to that in a second. He was involved with one aspect of Tomorrowland that did make it through. Uh, but okay. just jumping ahead just a little bit, shortly before Walt's death over lunch in early 1966 is another thing I thought was a great story. Walt said, look, Ray, you've done so much you know, for us. What can we do for you? And without thinking, Ray said, open the vaults. And with that, Walt picked up a phone, dialed and un- told the person on the other end, look, I'm sending Ray Bradbury over. Let him have anything he wants. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I like that. He went over to the archives, or oh maybe my god, it was called the Disney Morgue at that time. I can't remember what it's called. And he walked away with several animation cells, sketches, watercolors from all the Disney classics, oh including god. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Alice in Wonderland. But more importantly, Ray's favorite, Fantasia. Oh wow, yeah. that's that's awesome. He must have been badly inspired. Oh first. yeah, it just it just it's so important to understand how big of a fan he was of everything he could have asked Walt for. That's what he asked for access to the vault to have sketches and cells from those movies that he adored. So after Walt's death, Ray still worked with Disney. Uh, He adapted one of his novels into a movie for Disney, which uh, turned out to be one of your favorites, Mm -hmm. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, To what Lee said earlier, Ray added one small but very important design element to the Astro Orbiter at the Magic Kingdom because it was designed to be different than a remodeled version they did over at, over at Disneyland, Ray kind of surmised that, look, you know, you got the planets up there and, and the the jets are all going the same way. Make the planets go the opposite direction of the cars, and it'll seem like you're going even faster. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, and so that's what they did. And so now yeah. you, whenever you ride the Astro Orbiter, note that, that's <laughs> that helps contribute to the idea that you're speeding around up there when you're not going quite as fast as you think you are maybe that's why i'm so scared Ooh. of it yeah, yeah that could be it <laughs> aside from falling <laughs> off the tower yeah it does feel like you're going twice as fast and you go in dumbo that's for sure <laughs> um
0: right sounds like i need to make a tiktok video about that that's that's a cool little fact yeah a good
2: little uh, tidbit yeah mm. so ray also helped develop the storyline and the ride script for a spaceship earth when it opened yeah yeah that i knew yeah that i knew the script. That version of script that he did was edited to make it a little bit more accessible for small children, but the heart and soul of of his story about communications still existed there, very much so. Um, Also, you know, he worked on the Space Pavilion. Really, didn't he? Yes, there was going to be a Space Pavilion that was kind of like a precursor to Mission Space, and it never got built, but it was supposed to be like you boarded this huge interstellar space vehicle, and passengers would have been transported to, like, the far frontiers of the universe, and it would be a whole thing about man's efforts to you know, reach out for the stars kind of thing. He would, have been, he
3: would have been trippy for, for something like that. Yeah. Yeah, his I'm, style would have
2: yeah. went well to that.
1: I remember the Space Pavilion was supposed to be, was talked about back in the day when I was younger. Yeah. That would have been, that, that would have been cool.
2: So he and Mark Davis also collaborated on an, on an attraction that was never built, and it was going to be a new carousel ride to replace Carousel Progress called Yes Tomorrow Time Machine. But it was never ultimately approved. They oh. do have concept art for it, but they, it never got off the drawing board. But nothing truly dies, nah. man. Hopefully, one day, <laughs> one day they'll see the light, right? Well, I don't know why, but I, the, that yes tomorrow name that sounds very familiar to me. Yes tomorrow. Yes tomorrow. I don't know why that resonates. Mr. Morrow? Mr. Tomorrow. tomorrow. That could be it. Mr. Tomorrow. Mm. Tom Arnold. <laughs> Tom Oh. And this really isn't one of Ray's major accomplishments, uh, but just because we talked about it on the show one time before, one of his short stories, see, when he first wrote it, it, was called The Magic White Suit, hmm. but was then later renamed The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. Do y'all remember when we discussed this? Oh, talking about yeah. Disney obscure movies. <laughs> and we got to the wonderful ice cream suit and we're like, what the hell is the wonderful <laughs> ice cream suit? Well, it turns out it was a story about Ray Bradbury. <laughs> ice cream
0: suit. Yeah, I remember reading that short story by yeah. Ray Bradbury in, um, in, school? in a book. Uh, yeah, it was basically like this whole thing. Like, you remember the chick flick with the girls with the traveling pants or whatever? Yeah. It was kind of the oh, same yeah. thing. Like, there was this white suit and like, the one that wore it Got like really good luck, and they got like all the ladies and stuff like that. And so there was this group of friends that would all share the
2: suit. Yeah. They'd shipped in to buy the suit, and they would, yeah, take shifts on the suit. And that's why it was called the ice cream soup. Not because of anything related to ice cream, just because it had the color of vanilla ice cream. It was the Mm. only connection. It's a wonderful name, but very uh, misleading. (laughs) <laughs>
3: I was going to say, okay. cause that sounds like weird diabetes, but good. It's not actual ice cream. right?
1: So, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the show where we did our independence video, was it?
2: I don't remember.
1: I just no, remember that I we coming with up. The milkman. Okay. And we were no. all like,
2: wonderful ice cream suit. That's Wonderful ice cream suit. So anyway, this movie was put out by Touchstone, uh, which as we all Disney. know is the more mm-hmm. mature uh, version of Disney's film labels. And again, like, there's, there's so much more I could say, but we'd be here all night and we still haven't gotten to the Halloween tree yet. But I just wanted to make sure that y'all understood how much Ray contributed and collaborated with Disney since the 60s, and that will help understand why Disney loved Ray. Absolutely. I I would love more collaboration. So that brings us to the Halloween tree. So let's talk about the Halloween tree. And Mm. for those unfamiliar with the story of the Halloween tree, which would be everybody on this podcast except for me, I guess. Yes. Uh, We'll get into the actual story of what it's about in a little bit. But for now, I think it's more important to focus on story behind the halloween tree to understand how the halloween tree was created and what i love the most about how the halloween tree came to be is that ray bradbury likely never even writes this story if not for another famous Halloween children's story that pissed him off that pissed him off that pissed him off we'll get to now don't jump in too much okay because before we get to that let me just state the obvious and i'll give you all a chance to guess that what it might be as you might imagine anyone who writes a novel about halloween probably loves the holiday very much and ray bradbury definitely loved halloween it it was his favorite holiday as a kid growing up in waukegan illinois he talked endlessly about how he used to tell people this is going to be big because back in what was it the 30s i mean halloween really wasn't that big of a deal like, it was kind of a newer holiday. It really hadn't caught on to being pretty much the second biggest holiday to Christmas. I mean, yeah. Halloween was brand new. Art, trick-or-treating was kind of a newer activity. And he predicted. He kept saying, look, you, I mark my words. Hallmark stores, drug stores everywhere, you're going to be selling costumes. It's going to be huge. And he was right. And even when he was in high school, he was writing short stories about Halloween for classes. He called them strange little stories, but they all seemed to revolve around Halloween because he just had this predilection for the spookiness. He kind of even credited Walt Disney's The Skeleton Dance, that it always kind of came back to something spooky with him. And as he got older and had children, one of Ray's favorite activities was to go down to the basement and do some painting with his kids. They'd all paint, and that's really where the story of the Halloween tree begins because one day in 1960, Ray painted a huge tree filled with autumn leaves and carved pumpkins, and he called the painting the Halloween tree. It just exists as a painting, not a story, just something that he created during art time with his kids. So fast forward three years later, and it's November 1st, 1966, and Ray Bradbury goes to lunch with his good friend, legendary animator Chuck Jones. Who knows Chuck Jones? Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny, Bugs yeah. Bunny, that's it, exactly. He did Merry Melodies, all Looney Tunes characters, Bugs, Daffy. Brilliant animator, one of the best of all time. The Grinch. That's another one that he did. And Chuck was working for MGM Studios Animation Department at the time. So as the two were having lunch together, Chuck asked Ray if he saw the animated Halloween TV special that was just debuted for the very first time the night before. And he asked what he thought about it. And does anybody know what special he was talking about? What he thought about? uh, Let's see. I got to
1: guess. Go ahead, to, take a guess. I'm thinking. The Tyler Wee special.
2: Yeah, that's it. Uh, what they was it? Got it. it. Well, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of y'all said it, it's it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah. nice. It, Charles Schultz's uh, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown debuted for that very first time in 1966. So both men had seen the special, and loved Charles Schultz's work on Peanuts, but absolutely hated the Great Pumpkin.
3: Who doesn't like The Great Pumpkin?
2: Why do you think they hated The Great Pumpkin? Any guesses? The character
0: or the story? or The, the actual show?
2: The itself? actual show itself. You wait, Charlie but, Brown, uh, you see. Having said that, it could have issues to do with character. It could have issues to do with story. could be any reason. He's uh, like, was no, it
1: similar to what he did before? Or a similar kind of story? There's no... No? I would guess
3: there's
2: no payoff. That's it. That's oh, exactly what it is. The whole special built towards the arrival of the great pumpkin who never shows up. Right, right. And they thought that Halloween had gotten done dirty. And as his favorite holiday and something that he revered and adored, he was like, how can you build this up for the arrival of this character that that, that, that never shows up? He likened it to shooting Santa Claus as he's on his way down the chimney. Oh, Damn. wow. <laughs> okay. Schultz, my friend.
1: I mean,
3: you know, I I can see that because, yeah, they, I, there's no payoff because I felt bad for Linus, right? Yeah. Linus is sitting in the field, and they make Linus look crazy. I know. Because he's yelling in the field, no there, Everybody left. Oh,
2: no, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Yeah, you'll see, you'll see. Like and you learn to see, like, even if you never saw him, you saw a touch of magic that alluded to the fact that he was there. Yeah. Or a shining light, or whatever you saw. Yeah. Something, I remember being a kid and being disappointed by that, too. Loving Charlie Brown, loving the special, but being like, man... Did we really have to go see Snoopy fight the Red Baron, or could we spend more time with the Great Pumpkin? Yeah, I would have rathered that. Yeah, it's the Great Pumpkin. He was so upset. In fact, Ray Bradbury talking about it, him and his daughters ran out of the TV set and started kicking it. <laughs> God what? dang. Yes. Those are tube TVs too. <laughs> oh, I know, huh? Yeah, you, heavy suckers. You got to remember, this is back in a time where you'd break your foot on your TV set long back. before you broke your TV. set. Yes. yeah, <laughs> yes.
3: That's a yeah. Those are those some big are tanks.
1: tanks. Cathode ray tubes.
2: Don't yeah. play around.
1: <laughs> you could jostle some things and mess it up but no they wouldn't die no well, damn that's just like, changed the channel it's man.
3: like a Friday
2: Kid 3 with Daniel trying to hit that wooden, wooden <laughs> yeah <line. laughs> made his knuckles bleed and everything else punch harder LaRusso yeah I mean it's uh, I like that the kids were in on it they were, they were yeah, angry yeah. too well, I appreciate, appreciate the, that your daddy supportive. went first and they're like well daddy is doing it let's all join in that's oh, they, they just wanted to kick the TV right
1: exactly
3: <laughs> i always the, wanted to do that the mom's like wait we can't afford another TV yet
2: yes we can I'm Ray Bradbury that is true So as Ray and Chuck are ranting about this, (laughs) Chuck suggests, well, why don't we just make our own Halloween film and do the holiday justice by teaching people what this holiday is all about? Chuck said this? Yeah. Chuck Jones says this to Ray Bradbury. And Ray Bradbury bolts out of his chair. He's like, wait here. I'll be right back. And he runs home, grabs his painting of the Halloween tree, runs back, and shows it to Chuck. And Chuck's just amazed. Because in that painting, he saw what he described as the history of Halloween, And the two discussed how they could do a story about the origins of Halloween dating back to Roman times, the Egyptians, the Druids, going all throughout Europe, Mexico, United States, where trick-or-treating really kind of became uber-popular. So Chuck asked Ray, like, would you mind doing a screenplay for this film? And I'll animate it, and, and Ray jumps at the chance. And he didn't really need to do much research after all because he knew Halloween pretty well, having written about it hundreds of times before that. Right. So... This might be a good time to give those who are unaware of the Halloween tree kind of a brief synopsis of what it's all about. And I'm not going to do spoilers, I guess, because so many people here don't know it. And it's understandable that this movie kind of fell, movie and book, and we'll get to it, kind of fell beneath the radar because it was kind of later. We kind of missed the boat on this one a little bit. But it's out there, and it can be seen, and it can be read, and it can be appreciated so I highly encourage everybody out there to do that for themselves. But the story centers around a group of boys who set out to go trick-or-treating one night only discover that one of their friends, and this friend is like not just any part of the group. He's like that one special kid that everyone just gets along with. He's that one that kind of lights up the group, that, that kind of brings everyone together. They discover that he didn't show up. And this kid also is like the biggest Halloween fan of them all, likes to play tricks, and the kids follow him. And they go to his home to see where he is, and they see him being loaded into an ambulance. Oh. And there's a note to them saying they had to be rushed to the hospital for an emergency appendectomy, but they should go on and celebrate Halloween without him, and he'll catch up whenever he can. Well, the kids are bummed, and they're like, well, let's at least go to the hospital to see him. And as they're walking along the ravine, they notice a ghostly version of this kid, Pipkin, running through the ravine next to them. So they follow him to a house where in the backyard of this house is where the halloween tree is and there they meet a man called mr moanshroud and imagine like nosferatu meets death like they don't describe him as that in in the book he's just this old man whose face is like a skull and everything like that he's not the bad guy but he's kind of the bad guy but he's not really the bad guy story it's very very layered it's like I a
1: record Ralph kind of thing. He's he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's a well, bad guy, but he knows the history.
3: Kind of like,
2: like he's death, but he's being cool with the kids, but he's still death.
1: Oh, he, he's like the oh. <laughs>
3: he's like, uh, like the John Show Gacy? two or something like that. The <laughs> little, you know, the little animated skeleton. Oh, right, 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 and the kids yeah, like yeah, yeah. him because he gives the comic books, but he's still like
1: He still creepy. has a job to do. Yeah. yeah he still yeah. has a job to do. Still has a job to do.
2: Okay. So, and one more time, what's his name? Uh Mount Shroud. Mount Trout. Mount. Trout. Okay. Yes, and in the movie, he's voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Oh but, wow! Wow, yes. that's freaky. Yeah. We'll get to. We'll get to. So he's annoyed that the boys don't understand the significance of the costumes that they're wearing, and he offers to show them what Halloween is all about. But they're worried that they're going to lose their friend Pipkin. They're worried that something's really, really wrong with him. And just then, they see that the ghostly version of Pipkin has stolen one of the pumpkins out of the tree, and the face in the pumpkin looks just like him. And as the Pipkin's running with the pumpkin, he falls, the light extinguishes from the pumpkin, and he's whooshed away into the night, and the kids are all shocked and astonished, and like, we have to help them, we have to save them, and Mount Shroud offers them a chance to learn the true origins of Halloween, and to also save Pipkin's soul. Huh, no pressure there. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, no big deal. And at the end, the kids have to make a choice. And I don't want to give it away at all because it's really kind of a messed up choice. Oh no! When you go back to think about it. no, it, it all works out. It's a happy ending story. Okay, it's a good story. Again, I just I just don't want to give it away. Let's just say, like, okay, you have to kind intrigued. of give you a little bit, a little yeah. bit further. Yes, okay. you have me intrigued. They they end up flying through time and space on this like magic kite, and where they pursue Pipkin, but at the same time going through all these different times. So you go through ancient Egypt and they learn about mummies, and you go through Greek and Roman culture, uh, Druidism, um, they go to the Notre Dame Cathedral, and the Day of the Dead in Mexico, and all this time, like, they're learning about the costumes that they're wearing. One's a skeleton, one's a witch, and where these characters came from, and what their true origins were. And really, also, in addition to that, kind of like the role that death played in shaping civilizations, and how they handled it, and how that mixed in with the origins of Halloween. Mm. So that's about as far as I want to get into it, because, again, sure. y'all can watch the special. And if you want to read the book, it's it's very short. But I read let's the just, book. Yeah. yeah, let's yeah, yeah, just yeah. get to that. We'll get to that. Ray finished the screenplay, delivered it to Chuck, and Chuck loves it. And there's just one issue. Just as animation was set to begin, MGM shut down its animation studio and fired everyone. So everyone Dang! Hey. So, Ray and Chuck tried to get the project started up again, but this was before the Disney renaissance of the late 80s and 90s. This is when animation was really on the decline, Mm -hmm. and people didn't really want to do it. And Ray hated that because he loved animation, and desperately what he really wanted more than anything else was for Disney to make this a reality. But they didn't want to do it. So, not willing to let the project die... Ray decided that he'd just adapt the screenplay into a short novel, which he called The Halloween Tree. And it was published in 1972. And he still continued his efforts to get the story made into a, 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 an animated movie, which was his intention from the start. Uh, several studios optioned it, but no one could ever get the money for it. And it wasn't until finally in the early 1990s that the head of Hanna-Barbera, came to Ray with an offer to turn the Halloween tree into an animated movie. and nice. Ray, Careful, daffle! <laughs> well, that's funny you say that. Uh, Ray was ecstatic, but he was a little concerned about the quality of animation. Oh, man. the Hanna-Barbera <laughs> cartoonist, considering some of the, like, let's say, the more limited mobility.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the Wish... Of, uh, of of animation studios.
2: <laughs> but the head of Hanna-Barbera assured him that this was a whole new operation and they were going to do this thing justice. And if you look at the film, I believe that they did. Uh, and it did go on, it did go on to win the 1994 uh, Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing in an Animated Program. Wow. So there you have it. So uh, on October 2nd, 1993, The Halloween Tree premiered on ABC Television close to 25 years. What? after the idea was first conceived after watching the great pumpkin we 25 was, years like we just started college with that how did i miss that
1: damn
2: it's I, nuts it really wow. is nuts that this all kind of flew under the radar uh for us, to find least, this now yeah I think. and maybe i don't know maybe people there were people who were more um and they're let's say preteens that remember this and then Early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. Early that, 90s, uh, yeah. This was made into a film that they watched. But I certainly didn't see it until I was in my adult year. I, I didn't see it say either.
1: Yeah. Eli and I just transitioned to college. Uh, I mean, Lee was yeah. probably having his first baby or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. First
2: baby. <laughs> 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 I could not watch TV. I was happy. So now you understand where the Halloween tree came from, what it is. That's wow. Crazy. Yeah, that is right. crazy. So how did it end up in the parks? Well, 13 years after... The Halloween Tree was released. It was the late spring, early summer of 2007 when an 87-year-old, wheelchair-bound Ray Bradbury was having lunch at Storyteller's Cafe at Disney Grand Californian Hotel Mm. with Disney historian and author Tim O'Daly, as well as Duncan Wardle, who was from Disney Parks Public Relations. And Tim wasn't aware of the the Halloween tree. He had no idea about it. And Ray's mentioning we, that he has a, a new book coming out, but it's like it's not really a new book. It's an anniversary reprint, and it's of the Halloween tree. And he's fascinated, and so Ray tells him what the Halloween tree is. And that's when Tim gets this idea that, well, let's fabricate this large 60-foot gnarly oak Halloween tree and put it in town square where the Christmas tree traditionally resides. and. Ray's just enthuses all hell uh, because he's imagining this huge oak tree towering over the park with hundreds of swinging illuminated jack lanterns and how impressive this is going to be. He's thrilled. He's like, finally, you know, this is going to be a reality and Disney will have something to do with it. So Tim and Duncan try to move it forward, but plans were already in place for that giant Mickey pumpkin to be placed in Town Square instead. So, there was no getting around the fact that they, they, they weren't going to be able to put it uh, in Town Square. So, not letting a good idea die, Tim tells Tony Baxter about the book's release and the idea he had for the Halloween tree and making it a part of Disneyland. And from there, Tony and Kim Irvine decided to set about making it a reality. So, a special private dinner ceremony was held on October 31st, Halloween night of 2007, at Club 33. And everyone was there to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Ray Badbury's book, The Halloween Tree, and the hosts of the evening were Imagineers Tony Baxter, Marty Sklar, and Tim Delaney. And for 15 minutes, Ray sat there and just told stories about his love for Disney and his connection with the parks and his friendship with Walt. And it was all over, they ushered Ray outside with the rest of the attendees for an unexpected dedication. And there was an oak tree near the Golden Horseshoe Saloon. It was in front of Silver Spurs Supplies that was designated to be the representation (laughs) of Bradbury's Halloween tree in Disneyland Park during the Halloween season. And it was decorated with nearly 1,500 glowing red and orange lights and roughly 50 different hand-painted jack-o'-lanterns.
3: I've
1: seen that. This is gorgeous, man. I'm looking at pictures of it, and I'm like... I wanna let's go
2: now. Let's yeah. go. Can we go? Let's
3: go. <laughs> we always I, want to go, Kevin. That's why we do the show. Kevin. That's what I was kinda money. waiting for. I
2: was waiting to see if Eli remembered this because we were there and I took Y'all Eli to the street. You, yeah, yeah. You saw it? Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. I got a
1: ton of pictures of it. I've never Oh man. Yeah, I, I, I gotta see this.
2: Once
3: he said where it was actually located, located, it was the was middle like, oh. picture pod. I was like, Oh and you understand
2: now why people would most people just walk right by it. Yes. I so, want to see this. At the dedication, Ray said, I belong here in Disneyland. Ever since I came here 50 years ago, I'm glad I'm going to be a permanent part of the spirit of Halloween in Disneyland. And with that, he pulled the stem of a lighted jack-o'-lantern and lit up the tree. And before its passing in 2012, Raid made multiple trips hmm. to see his Halloween tree in Disneyland. And later, a plaque featuring some of the masked imagery from the book was placed at the base of the tree to commemorate the night of its dedication, and it states, on the night of Halloween 2007, this stately oak officially became the Halloween tree, realizing famed author's Ray Bradbury's dream of having his symbol for the holiday become a permanent part of Disneyland.
1: That's beautiful, man. Isn't it though? Wow. So that tree outside of Halloween is still there, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. not decorated, so it's not the Halloween tree. But it's there, right? Correct. So, like, if I went in the summer, because I mean, you know, my kids are out in the summer, I could still see said tree. Yes. yes, but if Just, I want to see it in all its glory, yes. Do Do we know when it? They decorate it
2: early September. Early it's September. Very, very, okay. very early September, and then I think it you know ends out like what Halloween night, Shortly early November. Hour? Okay, maybe early like May first, second, third of November. It depends on when they take down the decorations. I mean, you'll know it because you know everyone covers when all the decorations go up.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah,
2: I gotta see this. Yeah, no, it was it was so satisfying to see it. It really was when I realized what it was. I was like, I have to see this. Obviously, you go to Disneyland during the Halloween and you've got to see the Haunted Mansion overlay. But this came a close second for me. That's so it was very awesome. cool. Yeah. Uh Brad Kaye, who's the creative uh, entertainment art director at Disneyland, helped decorate that very first Halloween tree. And he said that, quote, as a fan of Bradbury's books, it was a really an honor. For the first year... Walt Disney Imagineers, Tony Baxter, Kim Irvine, and I sat in front of the Golden Horseshoe late one night Mm. and magic-markered all the pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. (laughs) In the years following, Park Enhancement has done a wonderful job of keeping it up in all its Halloween glory.
0: So they just literally had a Sharpie. Yes. It wasn't even like, yeah, that's crazy.
2: Yes, because these aren't miniature pumpkins. They're not full-size pumpkins because it's a smaller tree.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not a huge right oak tree
2: but Tony Baxter also added as the tree gets older and bigger it will get more and more decor every year so count hmm. on seeing this thing gradually improve as the years go on but to what Lee just said and this is where I think Kevin might have an aha moment Kevin do you ever taken a um, a Disney cruise during Halloween time no I, sh- I need oh, to though do you know what they do in the lobby for I Halloween don't time? tell me so, during Halloween, the Disney Cruise Line ships often put up a pumpkin tree. Do they really? In the lobbies of their ships as a homage to Bradbury's Halloween tree. All the ships? All the ships. No! Each of them have their own tree with their own name. Oh my god. So, on the Disney Dream, the name of the, the tree is Grim. On the Disney Fantasy, the name of the tree is called Mucklebones. Mucklebones? No. Mucklebones. I like that. On the Disney Wonder, it's Bog. On the Disney Magic, it's reap 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 uh, reap it murphy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and on the disney wish it's boo and it's a girl tree it's like the
0: first girl tree a girl, why, girl. what makes it a girl tree there's no nuts
2: <laughs> that's hate <laughs> speech sir
1: I, it identifies as a man a girl <laughs> you take the letters on that one that's interesting oh no, wait, so uh, me me me. Me. hold on a second i i, I just want to say i like Mucklebones the best it's a great name. That's probably the best name out of all of them. That's a catchy, but it I it has I, multiple I, syllables, number one, and it's just killer sounding. Oh yeah. I, I gotta we gotta we gotta go with muckle bones, guys. Do we have to? I'll go with
3: reap. I'll take reap. Oh, you like reap? <laughs> well, it's I a verb, it's all action. Oh. But well, muckle bones is very cool. I'm not, not I like muckle I like muckle yeah. it's a definitive.
1: I like I like I like you know muck, hey, baby, my muckle bones. Go my ahead, muckle look. bones <laughs> acted up.
3: Is so that what you go with? Not my, sciatic, my oh, Muckle no. bones. Oh, Dude, that's
1: awesome, man! I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, I need to do. I need to figure out when they put it up, and I need to go. So, y'all want to hear the legend? Yeah. Yeah. Go I want to hear it. the legend, man, because right. I I think we got to book a cruise sometime in our podcast life. Okay. So we'll check this out.
2: Can, can I get a little spooky music here, Kevin? Yes, like you, you can. You can try Maybe. and do this in a spookier way. I'll try to keep this up. Spooky Bob, Chris. How about that? Ooh, that's. Spooky. <laughs> All right. Before the time of. Might be a little bit too much. A little bit, bu- a little much, a little yeah, too a much. Little, little, a little yeah. too much. All right, all right. Go ahead. Before the time of now, there was Halloween, not the Halloween of today, filled with merriment and pranks, but a darker celebration. The night was filled with mystery. The moon seemed to shine a little bit brighter, and in every shadow lurked something unimaginable. This was the time of the Pumpkin King who was the caretaker of the stories and the memories of Halloween. But as the years grew on, the Pumpkin King grew weary. He needed someone to help keep the history of his favorite, most beloved holiday. So he reached in his head and retrieved four pumpkin seeds, each one representing a different characteristic of his wicked personality. Now, guys, y'all need to remember that this was back when there was only four ships. That this was written. No, yeah, yeah I mean, ship, yeah, five, tri- five seeds, six
1: seeds. Yeah, they reproduce.
2: They're pumpkins.
1: They, they're, they're, they're vegetables. Yeah, yeah. They got seeds. If they're you gonna, ever yeah. caught the pumpkin, there's a lot of seeds. There's there. a lot of seeds, All and of no, seeds. no doubt the pumpkin mm. got busy. And yeah, very and horrific. And Disney built more ships to accommodate the pumpkins. There, mm. there's the story. <laughs> there's the seeds. Yes. yes. All right. So they reproduce. Yes.
2: Goes. He planted them around and watched as the seeds grew into beautifully morbid trees. (laughs) The trees only bloom once a year. Deep within its dark, gnarled branches hold the remnant spirits of Halloween memories gone past. According to legend, once everyone has learned the who, the what, the why, the real and true spirit of Halloween, the Pumpkin King will bring the trees to life. Eat your heart out, Paul Fries. <laughs> I like it. I
1: like it. Wow. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, We got to do a Halloween cruise, man, with this crew.
3: Even the music liked it. At the end I the know. Ah! By the way, when it's date night, that's the
1: same voice I use in my wife. I was going to say. <laughs> Does it work? No. Oh, f- got to uh, get just the
3: right amount of pumpkin seeds for that. I'm
1: about to say. I mean, I'll, I'll kick it. This voice works
2: in my way. Seriously. Yeah, you go. Like, I-
1: well, I wouldn't use... It that voice on your wife. It's the whole I, I would use it on my wife. me. It's a me thing. It's a youth thing. A it's a me thing. thing. That's right. It's just because you're so sexy.
2: Yeah. That's right. It's your and you cable. have pumpkin seeds to spread. Oh, I am. I got so much seeds. So dead. many seeds.
3: See, that's it. You, you open see. up his loins and seeds pop out. That's your seed. That's the other seeds. It's kind of <laughs> weird. It yes.
1: is.
2: So during every sailing, the trees do magically transform. Uh, it, it starts out as these eerie, kind of barren, lifeless trees. And as the voyage goes on, now they're sprouting jack-o'-lanterns and flickering, these lights are flickering, and there's this booming voice that comes out of them because each pumpkin tree is tended to by a mysterious caretaker. Whoa, that's, hold on, time out.
1: So as I'm on this cruise, every, every time I pass through the lobby, I, I will notice something different.
2: I don't know if I notice something different every time you pass through I mean, you pass through that lobby a lot in a I given mean, each day. day, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm saying that... <sighs> And this is going by, I cannot speak from personal experience, it's going by reading up on the subject. Yes, that as it, it starts off as a tree, and no fruit has borne from the tree yet. Dude, but as time goes on, you see jack-o'-lanterns sprouting, and they're, they light up, and, and there's a little show that they do. And this mysterious caretaker will come down, and one of the caretakers I saw, I mean, they, they all seem to have a lantern in their, their, their holding. Right and uh, one of them looked like the guy from the Haunted Mansion, you know, the guy with the dog with the lantern. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll come out, and they'll tell stories of the holiday and all these little kind of not-so-spooky stories, and guests will gather underneath the the tree, and this booming voice will come out, and they're like, happy. and he pretty much says the same thing now that he used to say way back when. I'm... struggling to remember what boo. the exact verbiage was no nah. <laughs> boo <laughs> although that would be cool reap. wouldn't it like people sitting there and take a tra- uh, picture and all of a sudden out of nowhere boop Boo. <laughs> reap um reap. muckle bones <laughs> muckle bones <laughs> but it's uh it's a fun little story man and uh That's i like awesome. it I, yeah. no i love it because it's like i could see
1: myself on that cruise being like on the third day hey y'all did, did was there a tree did, was this like this what it's like yeah man it was, Wait what? That's a great story. I love the fact that there's a progression. Each and every day that you wake up and you walk by the tree and something's different.
2: Yeah, to that point, like uh, I think Holiday Services like has less than uh, two hours to install the trees in- into the atrium. Oh wow! Of the ship, and they start out with like a- an interior metal uh, in- infrastructure, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of resembles like a you know like an Erector uh, set. Okay. Uh, but then branches are added, and this trunk-like covering is added to it, and then by the time you get towards the end of it, you got close to 50 pumpkins on that tree.
1: Damn. See, I'd love to be part of that magic.
2: Damn. And they again, they, it, all those pumpkins light up in the course of the show that they do with the caretaker. I wonder, if, do they have
3: like illustrations or designs of what they imagine the pumpkin king to look like?
2: Well, I would think the pumpkin king is Jack. That's kind of where my mind was. And, they do and have, Jacked. They do have he illustrations lives. of uh, the <laughs> original trees. Okay. Like, oh, really? They do have concept art for the original trees. I I'm think. looking this right yeah. now. Yeah. Man. Um, now, all these trees have since been built, so you can actually see the trees themselves, so you don't even have to worry about the concept art. But as far as the Pumpkin King, I always took this to be Jack, so I never even look into it. I mean... Jack is part of the Disney universe. He refers to himself as a pumpkin king. The citizens of Halloween Town refers to themselves as a, as yeah. a pumpkin king. So,
3: yeah, I was thinking, I always getting like a Sam Hain from Ghostbusters cartoon kind of vibe
2: when I heard the story. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it makes logical sense. Which, by, by the way, like it was kind of a bummer to find out that that was just a, a complete and utter mispronouncement of Sam oh. Samhain. It, it, is it really? It's, it's always pronounced Sawin. But if you watch, because that's how they pronounced it back then. But if you watch, like Halloween, as part where Halloween two, I should say, the part where uh, the, Michael Myers breaks into a school and he wrote one word on the on the board, and it's S A M H A I N, and Doctor Loomis says Sam Hain, Lord of the Dead, that kind of thing. You watch Ghostbusters, and they say it's Sam Hain, and it's the pumpkin guy, and he rules. Halloween in the night, and right? Like that. Oh, wow! But it's all a mispronunciation. It's really souring. Souring. Yeah, that's how you say it. That's awesome. Hey, that's like that's okay. like Landry. Yeah, <laughs> Landry. The Cajun tongue,
1: before. yeah, yeah
2: you gotta P- watch that,
1: that French. Yeah, all show French, French toast.
2: It, it reminds French. me of uh, that Simpsons Halloween Treehouse of Horror episode, like yeah. where the, the aliens. Like to pronounce it correctly, I'd have to rip out your tongue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yowza oh damn her name like his name god oh. dude we,
1: we ought to go to universal do halloween horror nights and then oh, board a that. boat and love on that. a disney cruise and watch the tree i think that should be a trip in our near future maybe for yeah. the 500th who knows
2: I, I, again i would absolutely 100 percent love that and um really tonight guys go out and check out the halloween tree if, y- if y'all got some time it is not, I will say that. You mean Disneyland would we'll go now? We'll, oh, well. We can yeah. catch a flight. If we there, can a red eye. Someday. If there's enough sh- uh, money in the budget. Uh, but we'll have to wait until our obligations to Austin are complete. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> then we'll the be rolling. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I'm talking about, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the, uh, what you got the movie. The movie, yeah yeah film yeah. special which the only thing I really know of that they changed is that well, there's two things that they changed is that one they made in the original novel, they were all boys, and the anime special, there was now a girl, but and I want to say that they went from eight boys to like five children. Oh okay, yes that's the only thing, yeah. but it, it, it is a bit of a slow burden because it is. It's like early... Um, it's of that time, time. time period, yeah. It's edutainment. That makes sense. It's, it's absolute edutainment. Okay. But
3: that was Br- uh, Bradbury's style of, that was of telling the story. Yeah, you, That's right. Again, you watch something wicked this way, comes it's slow. He, right. he had um, kind of like a Twilight Zone kind of show sure. of his own back yeah. in the late 90s. That's how I was really introduced. But yeah, all of his stories are like that. But yeah, it, it always has a nice... Good twist in the end, but it makes you kind of think it's it's yeah. So I could see that.
1: Yeah. I well, just to that. let the listeners know, during the course of our recording of this show, Captain Cajun has placed it in our Amazon store. So if you want to purchase the Halloween tree from by Bradbury, you're more than welcome
2: to. He and, just did that. He just did that. And if you can, I don't know which one he put in there. Uh, okay. I would add in <laughs> the illustrated version. The illustrated version. Because, uh, I'll tell him. Make sure he gets
1: the illustrated because wow. there's two versions. There's the hard. There's the paperback. Yeah. Hard copy of the paperback. And there's the newly illustrated version. I'll tell them to put both in there so you can, guys can have a, a choice.
2: A, the artwork is beautiful. I love the artwork really? of that, uh, the illustrated version. Yeah. I bought it for Lily because she was reading it, and she was like, it's cool, but I have trouble visualizing what they mean by this, what they mean by that. Because, you know, Ray, my God, he was born in the 20s. I 20s, mean, it's like, yeah. you know, kids don't talk that way anymore. So sometimes no. she gets a little bit confused, and so it helps to bring it home a little bit Yeah. More. sorry
1: i'm adjusting my amazon cart ah during the show i i I added it to my
2: cart adjust away because i was like
1: i gotta get this book and so i'm putting in the illustrated version in our amazon which will soon be available on our amazon store yeah and you can read this famous story and then
2: go out book a trip with lee and check out this tree so if you're one of the lab too if you're one of the lucky listeners of the Magic RA podcast it just so happens to be in disneyland uh, the week after the show's release, JP, you JP. didn't know that it was there, and and you wanted to check it out. Now you know where to find it, you know what it means, you know what it's all about, and you know the history behind it. And what a great story. I, I always found this to be a wonderful, wonderful story. That's a lot. And to to think that most people didn't know it. And it was like it was meant to be, too, because he hit a lot of different
3: powerhouses. I mean, are, that's a huge, nice combination right there, and still the fact that it took... What do you say? It was like 20, 25 years before that kind of came into like a starter point of it being fruition. And then after that, did it really launches? And then, you well, know, I mean, the, the book park? came
2: about before the movie. But again, yeah. you got to look back at it and realize that was never his intent to make it a book. It was always supposed to be an animated movie <laughs> from the start. His making it into the book was just to keep it alive. Knife. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's badass. That it is. That. That's I what I'm that. saying. That's, that's, that that's takes, really hardcore. It takes
3: a lot to create something and then have it. Like you say, you have your hopes for it. It kind of sinks. And you say, no, I still believe make it happen anyway. And then still it lives, I guess, in a sense, uh, past you.
2: Yes. You know, and that's I think that is what he wanted. He always wanted something of him represented in Disneyland. and yeah. to know that it's there was a huge source of pride to him. I mean, really, he wanted to make this with Disney all along. It's just that, you know, Chuck made the offer, and Chuck was easily the best animator in the I world. Say,
1: I love that Chuck was Chuck's, involved with all this. Yes. Chuck's no I, slouch I either.
3: That. I mean, granted, he's no one, but he's no slouch either. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Jones. It works very
1: well, Mr. Well, Jones. If you nasty. If I Do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was, why I show
2: up. I can't just call him Chuck. I, I feel knew bad. You were I say say that. bad. I feel bad. What's yeah. so cool about this story is that it's, <laughs> it's three great stories in one. One, the friendship between him and Walt is—I uh, and the respect. There, there's like yes. a, a whole story behind where he made a joke to Walt, like when he saw the animated uh, audio animatronic, I should say, um, Lincoln. He was like, "Man, wouldn't it be funny if you had an audio animatronic uh, John Wilkes Booth to shoot him?" <laughs> <laughs> and Walt laughed and he said, "Well, why don't you write that?" Well, what do you know? He did. Oh, yeah? Yes, there's a story that he wrote. I, I'm blanking on the name of it. If, if we can get Mr. Producer over here to look it up. He did a short story about an assassination of a robot Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he no did. way. I kid you not.
3: <laughs> I bet that's in, in his TV show probably, too, because he liked that. There was, a, there was a, a, a short story that he had, and it got turned into an episode where the guy had a robot husband. He mm-hmm. got tired wife, And then, like, they had the robot. The robot spent more time with the wife than he did, but he got to do whatever he wanted. And then at the end, the robot, like, just took the wife and everything <laughs> and left it. To- <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a thing yeah. for animatronics. That's all I'm saying. He can see that. It's called
1: Downwind from Gettysburg. Downwind, Downwind I was just from Gettysburg. About to say. I okay. Just pull it up. Mm-hmm. Downwind from
2: Gettysburg. So it's a robot land or something like that? This I know, I, all occurs. I don't. I, I, I'd be lying if I told you I ever, I ever read this. All right. Um, okay. It, it, uh, it says in, in 1969, Ray Bradbury published "Downwind from Gettysburg," which featured a similar animatronic version of Abraham Lincoln. Bradbury's version, however, sits in a replica of Ford's Theater, and the story opens with someone coming into the theater and shooting the animatronic figure in the head. Damn. Although Bay is the proprietor of the exhibit, knows that he must call the. Dis- well, I mean, we're getting into the I'm story about to say now. that
1: would have been appropriate when the the pneumatic fluid was still red,
2: <laughs> right? So
1: even if it leaked, it's John Wilkes Booth. It's okay. The 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 thing is, the AA is not malfunctioning like the Eddie. It's just John Wilkes Booth shot him. Mm-hmm. Nothing to see there you here. Go. Nothing but, to see here. Totally no uh,
2: That was another story between him and Walt. There's a few of them. Out That's there. awesome. He I spoke love that. often uh, about it, and you know a lot of this information, I should say, came from uh, Ray Bradbury's own words, from uh, reading articles that he's written, reading articles about him, and then watch uh, listening, I should say, to the commentary from the Halloween Tree. Well, he pretty much tells the story from start to finish That's about awesome. how it, it got made. But there's another whole half of this that comes from Jim Korkas who is obviously an invaluable oh, resource. Yeah. Um, so I just want to give credit where credit is due. Obviously I did not w- within less than a week <laughs> and in the middle of Halloween and, and being as busy as I am right now, did not have an opportunity to do all the research uh, individually, <laughs> no, it was great. And to credit this guy, because
1: Halloween—if you guys follow the show—you know Halloween mm-hmm. is a big thing around this house with the decorations yeah. and all that. I'm sure we'll have a video on Halloween night mm-hmm. of all the festivities and all the decorations that are around on sure. house. So he's busy gearing up for that. This is like his. This is this is like his Super Bowl. Yeah. This is his thing, man. Well, it's it what we're
2: known for in the neighborhood, and the neighborhood kids, all Eli can attest to that. Yeah, it's
1: it's a tradition now. Yeah. So he's he's a little bit, big. he's he's kind of like the Imagineers on the ground, having to put all this stuff up in one night. You know, so he's <laughs> working on that, and it's great. And look, uh, Moeekens, I just ordered the book from Amazon. So, like I said, Kate, Captain Cajun, put it in our Amazon store. Go ahead, order from there. But he put both. He put both the paperback version as well as the hard copy version with the artwork that danny spoke about make sure you get that and it helps support our show it's the season for giving yes it is halloween's the beginning of this whole halloween the holiday season with halloween and thanksgiving and then and, and all the holidays in december uh, what name you this is the time to support us man we would yeah. love it especially since we're approaching our next birthday in november happy happy happy, happy 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 you're here, here danny that was that was i i'm speechless now <laughs> oh. because number one i gotta go see this tree in disneyland yeah number two i gotta go see the trees in the Disney cruise line and number three i can't wait to get this book in and it's supposed to be on the 24th because amazon prime thank you mm-hmm. is uh i can't wait to read this short story maybe i can read this short story on my plane ride down to waltz oh so that's so, a great idea yeah i think that'd be awesome I could Absolutely. read that little story. So
2: yeah, I got a I got an extra copy. Once I brought Lily the hard copy, we have an extra copy. If you want to take, uh, the oh, other do version. you really? Oh, yes, we do. Uh,
1: you know, I, I usually I really should ask to see if you have it because mm-hmm. I just buy it because I just need to add it to my. Li- I, I I just need to buy add it to my library anyway.
2: Oh yeah, no support
1: and it. yeah, support it definitely. Sure, that's because I mean it uh, really
2: it it was Ray's attempt at making the quintessential holiday movie to really explain the origins of Halloween in a way that would be. Easily digestible by children. And to really understand oh, Lord. what the holiday means.
1: I, man, you know, I, right now I'm in middle management. And, to, and I would love to have had that job where, hey, we got to decorate these pumpkins before <laughs> a Halloween season happens. Wouldn't that be cool? This is our day. So let's go out there. The weather in Southern California is beautiful. Let's go decorate these pumpkins.
2: And you get to picture them, like Tony Baxter and Kim Irvine and all those guys, staying up late, late, late to the wee hours in the morning. Hand painting these fifty I would do or so many pumpkins, yes. hanging them on the tree, getting four hours of sleep and having to wake up the next day just to Don't come out and give Ray this gift.
1: It's worth it. Yeah. No matter. Yeah, and I'm sure that you know with comp time they can come in a little later, but you know just to be able to have the option to do that, I think would be an awesome job. I would love that. I would love that.
2: That's the beauty of working in the park. I would put
1: one with the Magic Our Way logos on it.
2: <laughs> nice, all
1: the logos with one big schlong. But anyway, sorry, that's, that's, that's that might be logo. I was
3: gonna say how you do <laughs> that's gonna make the
1: tree lopsided. Is gonna, that yeah, what you're I, I was about
3: to say that. I was gonna say it we're might just too the big. We, we, we're too beaucoup. I'm no, sorry. We, we're yeah. gonna say platoon. That's what you call a, a muckle bone, right there. That
1: is a muckle bone, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Danny, thank you so much for presenting this was Halloween awesome. tree. I thank have never heard of the Halloween tree, and I am so intrigued by the story behind it, I by like the learning about the relationship between Radberry and Walt. He mm-hmm. even makes it more special. And Chuck. Both of those guys. Yeah, Chuck. And Chuck. Yeah. And oh Chuck. Oh, my God, Chuck. Don't walk away from Chuck, too? No, dad. Chuck is... I love Chuck. Joe. I mean, he's a badass. And it's like, to know that he was part of all this... Just makes my soul happy. Well, like I said,
2: it's like three stories in one. The story between Walt and Ray, the story of how the Halloween tree got made, and the story about how the Halloween tree ended up in Disney. And none of those stories are complete without the others. It is beautiful.
1: I love it. They work hand in hand. So, guys, look, we hope you have a great and happy, safe Halloween season. If you have any thoughts and opinions about this story or you have anything to add to that, maybe you've took some pictures um, you can get in touch with us to share your opinions and your thoughts and your pictures. And we're going to tell you how to do that in just a little bit. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed our Halloween show for 2022. Look, magicrway.com is the way to go. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes and more. And if you want to get in touch with us to share your experiences with a Halloween tree, maybe you went on a Disney cruise, you can do so through the following ways. You can shoot us an email at at showatmagicourway.com, or you can call or send us a text message. Yes, I did say text us at 1815 Mo' Weekend. That is 1815 Mo' Weekend. That is 669-4226. Hey, look, we have a couple of guys to do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli does things with comics. Eli, how can they support you, sir?
3: Oh, yes. Of course, uh, please check out the work that I do at IvoryComics.com. That's uh, www.ivorycomics.com. All one word, but all action as well. You we check out the products that I got. Project Geisha, Vigilante Geisha, fully colored, like at least 48 pages. So that's like two issues, no ads, all the action. It's
1: good stuff. It's really good stuff. You gave me a preview, and I love it all. Everybody loves it. oh um, man.
3: Molly be damned, a uh, bunch of pirates going to save their friend who is, is kind of like the Halloween tree. Yeah. You know, go to the underworld to save a friend. Fruitful. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I felt Fruitful. that when I heard that. You feel it? I feel, it? feel it. Feel it. Feel mm-hmm. it, felt it. All day. Um, and, of course, Savages, which is uh, about uh, a bunch of uh, guards in a zoo that it's run by Hollywood-style uh, animals. So animals with jetpacks, what they're dealing with now. So, again. Yes, um,
2: the pro-typical Hollywood-style animal. That's it. With a this
3: works. All jetpacks. Yes. That's the movies I would be watching. They would have the jet packs in it. So uh, yes, this, this is, is what happens
2: when I'm not there to straighten them out, guys. Uh, well,
3: come on, it's good stuff. <laughs> I make three books. What are you t- <laughs> <laughs> if not there to straighten me out? I make three different titles. What the hell?
1: <laughs> there is no doubt this man is straight. Yes,
3: more productive. What's going on? I don't know. Um, so uh, and of course, there's a link uh, to this uh, this podcast. You never miss a beat. An episode, a joke, a story that uh, was was very uh, creatively empowering to hear. And
1: look, we have a link to your website, too, sir. That's right. That's how Synergy works, right? It's synergy. It's like, you know. Michael Asner, synergy, all that Synergy. Get yeah. all that Synergy in it's there. It's truly outrageous. That's it. I was trying to remember. Sorry. Go I ahead. thought I was Jim. Yeah, I was going to say you're oh, Jim. Oh, what did I say? Jim? You're you're you Jim. Was Kevin. truly outrageous. Oh, <laughs> I'm, sorry, outrageous. No, I'm sorry, my bad. Jim was truly outrageous. Jim yes. was truly outrageous. Kevin is truly outrageous, and he was. He you, truly. If you know the story. It's all about the glory. It's all about the glory. It is. The tree is truly outrageous. That's yeah. it. All right, go sir. I'm sorry.
3: No problem. So, uh, so yeah, please check that out. Just like you're supporting uh, us, it, it all works well together, like a good bra. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> all the support, <laughs> um, or bro.
1: Oh, oh, bro. Yeah. You got I'll man. Titties. It's all right. We got you. Oh, Lord.
3: Um, <laughs> for, uh, Facebook.com. I'm right there, too. Uh, Eli H. Ivory. So, as long as you're a real person, nice to meet you. And if you're bot, don't need to greet you. Project Geisha has a Facebook page there. So, Facebook.com slash Project Geisha. Instagram, right there, doing the thing there. E 504. And, of course, on Twitter, I can be found at Hancock10166. So, if you appreciate the madness. He just bringing me the gladness, a boogity, 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 Happy Halloween! Oh man, that scared me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, it's okay. That's, That's my scary. tree of life for you. I was just thinking, man, we <laughs> should have you know, it, it, like, we should go space balls with this. How's we up? got we got magic our way the toilet paper, and then we have magic our way the underwire. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! We support everybody.
2: You support the ball. We support we them. We get magic our way the flamethrower. Let me know. Oh, oh wow. man. Oh,
1: man. All right, Lee, if they want to book a vacation <laughs> to Disneyland so they can see said uh, Halloween tree or maybe book a cruise with you so they can see those Halloween trees, because you can do that too, right, Lee?
0: Absolutely. All right. How did I you wanna, do this, man? Uh, just give me a call at 832-431-1621. You can email me at Lee at MagicRWay.com. On Facebook, you can find me at Facebook.com slash Lost if travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. Instagram, you got a friend in Lee Travel, and on TikTok, you got a friend in Lee. And if you do any of that, we we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no hassle, Vika.
1: In addition, guys, there's so many ways to support the show as a whole, and you can find us all on our website, magicourway.com. Plus, if you want to elevate your support of the Magic Our Way podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash way There you'll find six awesome tiers to support this show. Any way in which you can support the show is deeply appreciated We also want to thank you for being a loyal listener and we always love hearing from our listeners All opinions are always welcome on the magic RA podcast so make sure you get in touch with us today some awakens we say Quaahhirini, my name is Kevin and this is
2: Danny wishing you a happy Halloween Magic out <laughs>
0: I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Muckle bones.